Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama. Now your host, Timothy George. Welcome to today's Beeson Podcast. I have a very special guest I want to introduce you today. He is Father Raniero Cantalamesa. He is the preacher to the papal household in Vatican City. Welcome, Father Cantalamesa, to this podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor to have you with us at Beeson Divinity School today. Now, you are a Franciscan priest uh, and also a Capuchin. For our listeners who don't understand what is a Capuchin, maybe you can tell a little bit about the order and your own uh, particular calling within it. Well, the, the Capuchins are a branch of the Franciscan order, which means that we have uh, St. Francis of Assisi as our, our founder. Uh, his rule uh, is still our rule, but the Franciscan order, like, like Christianity, had many, many reformations along the centuries, and we are the last big reformation. In uh, we, we started, uh, the Capuchins started more or less at the same time as the re reform. In the 16th uh, century. Yes, 16th yeah. century in the 20s uh, uh, of the 16th century. Uh, how did I end up being a Capuchin? Well, in my region, which is uh, near, close to where St. Francis of Assisi lived, uh, very close, uh, uh, Franciscans are very popular, and especially Capuchins, I would say. And so I entered a, a seminary just a year after the end of the World War. Mm. I, I was a boy going out of this turmoil of the, 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 the war. I entered the, the seminary, the college, and I heard for the first time a retreat. So I was exposed to, for the first time in my life to the eternal truths of our religion. And uh, the grace of God was uh, apparently very, very strongly because uh, at the same time, I was 12 at that time, mm. I had such a clear calling to become a Franciscan religious priest that I could never doubt uh, later of my calling. So I could doubt of everything, but not that mm. I had been called to, by the Lord Jesus to be his minister. And I started my formation, which uh, lasted very long, way long. Uh, after my ordination, I graduated in theology in Fribourg, in Switzerland, mm -hmm. and then in classical philology, and started uh, teaching at the Uni Catholic University of Milan. This was uh, the closing of the first part of my life, mm -hmm. <laughs> because there was a second, a second act in my in this drama. So you uh, actually were trained uh, as an academic in the study of patristics, the early church. Yes. And you taught as a as a scholar, a teacher in the university. Yes, I used to teach uh, history of ancient Christianity, so in New Testament and the fathers of the church, the very mm -hmm. the first uh, centuries of the church. This is why seeing Saint Augustine here in this image is very yes. <laughs> familiar to me, because Saint Augustine, of course, is one of my uh, best uh, resources in uh, yeah. now in my in my preaching. Uh, yes, at that moment uh, after having taught at the university for 11 years I felt a new calling of the Lord, the second vocation, to leave everything even my teaching position 
and to become an itinerant preacher of the gospel mm. in the style of St. Francis of Assisi. I was going to say, you're just really following uh, the example in some ways of Francis himself, who did the same thing uh, in his lifetime. Yes, he didn't uh, renounce a teaching position. He was not an educated man, uh, he, but he was a rich man, a very brilliant mm. young mm. person. So he had the, the world at his knees. So, so he had much more to renounce than yeah. uh, and became known as Il Poverello, uh, the poor, the little poor man. The poor man, yes. Yeah. I've been to Assisi, and uh, it's a very special place uh, to be there, to walk in his steps, and to sense something of the spirit of this person who has influenced Christians all yes. over the world. St. Francis is a universal man. He had such a positive outlook to creation, brother sun, sister moon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he reconciled everything. So in a moment of the history where everybody, especially in Christianity, was fighting against the, the heresies, he didn't engage in any battle. So he right. just wanted to follow Jesus and to, to, to be an image of Jesus. I remember he made a trip to see uh, the Muslim sultan yes. in Egypt. Uh, and bore witness uh, to the gospel in that context, but in a very peaceful way so that there was no uh, resistance even. This is why now when uh, the Pope, John Paul II, first and then last year Pope Benedict, gathered the leaders of different religions in Assisi, and everybody accepted to gather in Assisi because they recognized somehow St. Francis belongs to the, to the whole world, not yeah. just to a section. <laughs> I wonder if you could say a word about St. Clara, because she also is a very important figure in the Franciscan story, isn't she? A good question, uh, because uh, St. Francis and St. Clara are a model not just of individual holiness, it's a model, a, a beautiful image of what God intended when he created man and woman which means that they, uh, being fully man, fully woman, they together love the same Jesus. Somebody, I, I, uh, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry said, said that loving doesn't mean to look at each other. It, it means, it consists in looking at the same time in the same direction. So St. Francis and St. Clare really looked at the same direction. So this yeah. is what, uh, makes uh, the uh, adventure of St. Francis of Clare very important and, and uh, inspiring, especially for modern uh, reconciliation between uh, the, the sexes. I wonder if you would say a word about your uh, office, your calling to be the preacher to the papal household. Uh, that's a, a phrase that uh, many evangelical and Protestants will not understand. The Pope has a preacher? How could it be? Uh, but you were called to do this under Pope John Paul II and continue now in that role with uh, Pope Benedict XVI. What does that actually mean? Yes, uh, I speak uh, willingly about this uh, job because it tells more about the Pope than about the preacher. To think that the Pope so, so uh, occupied, so, so many responsibilities, finds time every uh, Friday morning in London Advent to come and listen to a sermon of a simple priest of the Catholic Church. And the Pope never misses, never misses a sermon. Uh, so it consists in, a, 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 it's a, 
in office uh, entrusted to the Capuchin order traditionally, at least uh, from the 18th century. And uh, it consists in giving a meditation to the Pope, the cardinals, the bishops uh, of the Roman Curia, and the general superior of the religious orders, about 60 or 70 people. The Pope is beside me, and the rest of the audience is in front of me. And um, yes, I know when I engaged in dialogue with some some, um, fellow Christians, other denominations like the Pentecostals, they were surprised uh, because uh, in the Protestant uh, tradition, the one who speaks is the most important in the, in the assembly. No? And when this, some of them saw me preaching in St. Peter's Basilica in the presence of the Pope who was sitting down and keep silent, for them what, what, it was a shock, a revelation. Uh, maybe they were reconciled a little with the Pope after, after that. So after all, he shows a great submission to the Word of God. So yes. He recognized that the Word of God is more important than the office. I wanted to ask you about some of your writings because uh, they are very saturated with the Scriptures, with the Bible, and you honor the Word of God in your preaching as well. You've written books about the Beatitudes, about uh, Easter, the resurrection of Jesus, about the importance of loving the Church, and especially about the Holy Spirit. It seems to me the Holy Spirit has a very special place in your life and in your calling as a preacher of the gospel. Yes, with great joy, <laughs> with great joy. When we pass uh, from Jesus to, to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, sometimes people think that we are passing from one person to another. But uh, in reality, when we speak about the Holy Spirit, we speak about the Spirit of Jesus. Mm. So we don't leave aside Jesus. Uh, the more we give emphasis to the Holy Spirit, the more we make Jesus present, relevant, because he is living in the Spirit. Yes, there was a moment in my life when uh, Lord Jesus gave me uh, the experience of what I can call a new Pentecost. It was not my credit, it was credit of many brothers who insisted, loved me, encouraged me. Uh, Only I had to do was to become a child, let people pray over me, uh, give Jesus the reins of my life, not in a general, but very in a very determined, specific way, giving the reins of my life to Jesus. And then I received what they call the baptism of the Spirit, which is not something strange. It, it was Jesus who invented this expression. Mm. So after, uh, before ascending into heaven, he said to his disciples, the apostles, uh, John the Baptist uh, baptized in water. You will be baptized in the Spirit in a few days. A few days later was Pentecost. Jesus, mm-hmm. by baptism in the Spirit, meant uh, uh, Pentecost. This happened in in the United States, in New, New Jersey. Uh, mm-hmm. There, I uh, mm-hmm. received this this prayer, and apparently uh, n- nothing happened. So, I, there was only the clear decision to make Jesus as Lord in my life, to renew all my engagement with the Lord, baptism, religious profession, and so on. But later on, the day after, when I took the airplane from Newark to, uh, to Washington, 
to reach my Capuchin fraternity, I started realizing that something had happened. <laughs> the Word of God seemed uh, the Bible. I opened the, 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 my breviary, uh, Liturgy of the Hours, and the Psalms seemed to have been written the day before for me. Ah. So uh, I realized that one of the first uh, fruits of the coming of the Spirit is that the Bible becomes a living book, not just mm. uh, Let me share a, a very Please. funny story. Yes. How this, this uh, is true also for very simple people. I once was, was preaching, giving a, a mission in Australia. And uh, in the day before the, uh, the conclusion, a very simple man came to me, a worker, saying, Father, we have a big problem in our family. We have a boy of 11 years who has not yet been baptized. The trouble is that my f wife has become the witness of Jehovah and doesn't want the, the, the baptism to be mentioned. What shall I do? If I baptize, there will be a, a struggle. But I, if, if I don't baptize, I am not, not uh, at ease with my conscience because we promised to, to raise our children in the church. I said, let, let me reflect tonight, come tomorrow and we shall decide. Day after this man came to me from afar, he said, I have found the solution, Father. I felt relieved because I hadn't found it, in fact. He said, yesterday, coming home, I, first I prayed. This is very important. I prayed. Then I opened the Bible at random, no? decided to take as a, 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 an indication of the Lord the first passage. I happened uh, to read the passage where Abraham takes his son Isaac to the immolation. And I saw that when Abraham takes his son Isaac to the immolation, he doesn't mention anything to his wife. He had made a perfect discernment because even the Jewish uh, the rabbi uh, exegetes point to this point. Ah. I baptized the boy myself was to say how the, 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 the Bible can really become living vehicle of the will of God for very simple uh, persons. And then everything came, came uh, one after another. Coming back to Italy, I started um, joining groups, uh, prayer groups, and then one day the Lord uh, told me uh, very clearly what I had to do, leave my teaching position. I was head of the department of this university and become an itinerant preacher of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And by the grace of God, there I discovered what, how amazing really is the grace of God. <laughs> how yeah, amazing. Yeah. Because the grace of God works with freedom, no? but in such a way that you feel free to say no or yes. But at the same time, you see that there is some another, another power, mm -hmm. love, which attracts mm -hmm. you. It's love. The power of God is love. So at the end of this prayer, I, I had the full yes in my, in my heart. Yes, Lord, I live everything, and uh, so uh, always I feel the need to to say, people, don't follow my example in this. Mm -hmm. Stay at the university because this is also a big grace, a big grace. Uh, but for me, the Lord had this this uh, this uh, 
this plan. A few months later, I, I received the, the appointment to be, become preacher to, to the Pebal household. And, and that's an office you've had now for 33 years, 33 years, wow. yes. Every Lent and Advent. Uh, luckily, before coming here, I could prepare my five talks for <laughs> the next uh, uh, Lent. Otherwise, it would be difficult because there, of course, I, I can't repeat. Uh, I, I, the, the audience is always the same. I must renew my... Sure. And try yeah. to speak of what is more at the heart of the church in this moment. For last year, it was evangelization. Uh, now, the, the Pope has declared that the next year, the year of faith. So I am preaching to prepare for a renewed faith. And for the first time, I use uh, my knowledge of the fathers of the church. So I have decided to speak of... of the big father of the church, uh, St. Athanasius, mm. Basis and Basis, and Gregory of Nazian, and Gregory of Nyssa, as champions, everyone of a particular object of our faith, the divinity of Christ, mm. St. Athanasius, the Holy Spirit, St. Basil, the Trinity, St. Uh, Gregory of Nazian, was, was enamored of the Trinity, and the knowledge of, of God, uh, the, the existence of God, Gregory of Nyssa, uh, the, the, the Knowledge of God in 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 the the, uh, the 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 cloud of unknowing. I think this beautiful book is based upon an in, an insight of Gregory on this. The next Advent, I, I hope to do the same with the Latin fathers, Augustine, Saint Ambrose, and. That's wonderful. You're Leon. reaching back to your early studies in patristics, yes, and but every time. I see. I, I try to, to to point to what they can say today, yeah. today to on, on each of these these great uh, dogmas of our faith. Now, from your role as the preacher to the papal household in the Vatican, God has used you to reach out broadly throughout the body of Christ. Uh, you have been a preacher to the Alpha Conferences. That will be known to a number of our listeners, this movement of renewal that mm. began in the Church of England but has mm. spread to many other places. And you're with us today yes. here at Beeson mm. Divinity School. You've spoken to Lutheran groups, to many different mm. denominations. So the unity of the body of Christ is a very important theme in your own ministry, isn't it? Yes, the Lord had to convert me to unity first because... Uh, I studied my theology before the Vatican Council. At that time, there was no ecumenism whatsoever. So, but later on, after receiving this new, uh, new experience of the Spirit, and starting having contact with other Christians, especially through my presence in the dialogue with the Pentecostal churches, I developed a love for for Christians, uh, which was love for Jesus. Uh, I loved everybody who loved, who loved Jesus, and they they realized that I I, I uh, loved them, and we had the same spirit. So they started inviting me. One of the first experiences was a retreat to seventy Lutheran pastors in Sweden, and they invited me to give lessons to, in to, in in the letter to the Romans, which is quite mm. unusual. A Lutheran asking. Yeah. Catholic to give lessons on the on the letter to the Romans. Uh, yes, as you have mentioned, then I started uh, being invited, sharing with mm, Christian of many other denominations. Has been a big big blessing because I am fully convinced that we live in a world wi which no longer has the same problem and when. Uh, 
the West, uh, Western Church divided from Eastern, or where, where the North of Europe were divided from the. Uh, certainly there have been a riches in all this, not just division, there's been a riches which must be kept, but uh, we must overcome the, the, the particular uh, historical uh, situations and, and struggles because we are facing a different world, oh, absolutely, a world yeah. where, uh, a secularized world, where we must start trying to put people in touch with Jesus because everything can come after. Otherwise, it will be a, a philosophical uh, ideology, but not... Uh, I, I was very much impressed by the experience of this great American scholar, Francis Collins. Mm. Francis Collins, who was the head of the governmental uh, team uh, which discovered the genome. No? Yeah. Uh, he wrote a book on the language of God uh, and uh, when I read this book uh, I, I asked the Pope he wrote to the Pope uh, asking him to invite him to be member of the Pontifical Acad Academy of Sciences because mm -hmm. there is an Academy of Science in the Vatican uh, gathering very many Nobel Prizes many many um, and he, 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 he did. And once this man was in Rome for a, a meeting, I invited to take part in, in the program I had on the Italian television. For 14 years I had, had a program on the first channel of Rai. Uh, so uh, hearing from his lips his story was amazing because uh, his study on bi biology had led him to the knowledge of some moral principles, some ethical uh, f uh, source of, of morals and the idea of God but God was something very distant very vague uh, one day the, he says he, I was uh, working uh, along the Mississippi River and the, the nature overwhelmed me so I had to, to get to my knees and let Jesus enter into my life I accept Jesus Lord a, a scholar of this this dimension uh, saying this is very important uh, for uh, unless we accept Jesus even God even belief in the existence of God uh, is not enough can remain something very distant which doesn't affect the real life yeah. uh, Jesus said nobody knows the Father uh, 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 except through me Wonderful. And this yeah. is, I am so convinced of that. Yes. To, to love God, to know God, we must love Jesus and know Jesus. My guest today on the Beeson podcast has been Father Ranyar Cantalamesa. He is the preacher to the papal household in Vatican City. Thank you, Father, for being with us today and for sharing your heart so clearly your love for Jesus and your love for the gospel. Thank you, Dr. Timothy George, for inviting me. You can imagine that what uh, convinced me to come, to add this last station to my tour, it was precise the fact that uh, I got this invitation from a Baptist brother and a Catholic bishop. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast with host Timothy George. You can subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at our website, BeesonDivinity.com. 
Beeson Divinity School is an interdenominational evangelical divinity school training men and women in the service of Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast will aid and encourage your work, and we hope you will listen to each upcoming edition of the Beeson Podcast.